Hey guys, welcome to the Fellowship Greenville Students Podcast. This week, Matt Densky continues our 10 Practices series, where we'll be talking about 10 daily and weekly practices that can define our faith and bring growth in our life. Matt talks about responsibility this week and about how we can make the most of our time we have now when we see how much time we have left, and encourages us to use our time responsibly. We look at David in 1 Samuel 16, verses 5 through 13, and how he was faithful in the little things and how we can be too. We hope you enjoyed this message. What's up, middle school, and welcome back to another FGS. We are so excited for you to join us this morning, and I know what you're thinking. Hey, that's not Dallas. Yet again, I know you're waiting on him. I know you wish it were him instead of me. I get it. I do too. But yet again, it is another week without Dallas. My name is Matt Dinsky, and I get to serve here on the student ministry team, and it is my joy to be here with you this morning. I hope everyone is doing well and you're having a great weekend. Uh, Some big news, probably by the time you watch this, I have a little baby girl who is probably gonna be born by the time you're watching this, which is exciting, so be praying for that. Uh, Guys, over the past few weeks, we have been in a series where we are talking through what we're calling the 10 practices, these ways of living that we believe if we incorporate them into our life, they don't just help our faith survive during the pandemic, they help our faith thrive. The idea that your faith could be stronger than it ever has been before is fueling this idea. And we don't just think this is uh, applies to the pandemic. We think it even goes beyond that. We want these to be 10 practices forever uh, because we, we believe in them that much. We think they can help connect us to the ways and rhythms of Jesus. So this week we are talking about an, inter- an interesting topic. Uh, the title for this practice is Remaining Responsible. Now, I know on the surface, you're kind of like, okay, boomer, but it actually goes beyond that. Really, this week's practice is all about time, Uh, using time wisely, how we live in this moment. And I have here a very uh, scientific instrument to help us understand this. That's right. You know it. You've probably seen a million of them in your board games or whatever else. You guys know what this is. This is a sand timer or an hourglass. Uh, This is to help I have two sons, and this is to help them uh, know how long to brush their teeth. Uh, So it it measures time. And everything in the bottom here is a visual reminder of time that we've lost. It's already gone by. You can't get it back. It's been measured. It's done. Everything up top is a measurement of what you have left, what you still have to use. And then right here in the middle, this choke point in the middle, it's kind of the crucial part of this whole thing. It's it's how you're using the moment you're in right now. It's not just measuring how much you have left. It's also reminding you there's something happening in the moment. And really, that's what I want to talk about this morning. There's a principle of life that you tend to make the most of the time you have now when you understand how much time you have left. And seeing how much time is left really helps you make the most of now. I learned recently that on average, most people in this life get about 4,000 weeks, and that's it. And when I first heard that, I was like, that's it? 4,000 weeks? And I know 4,000 seems like a big number, and maybe in middle school, you're like, that's forever, dude. But man, it hit me, and I was like, wow, that's not a lot of time. 
In fact, uh, this principle has inspired me. I, I have a reminder every day it comes in on my phone, and it's this phrase. It says, live in the 60, 60, live in the 60. And what it means is in the next hour, in the next 60 minutes, how can you make the most of this time uh, and live life to the fullest? so that it doesn't just slip past you, so that you don't look back on the last hour and you're like, did I really just watch TikTok for the last hour? But that you're making them, and I've been there, I'm not perfect at this, but that you're making the most of every minute. It's a reminder. We tend to make the most of the time we have now when we see how much time we have left. And so measuring time and having visuals helps us actually be responsible. And so I want to I talk about a story this morning that's a really fascinating story in the scriptures. It's about King David. He's a very famous king. Maybe you've heard of him. Jesus was actually a descendant of David, so David was his like great, 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 great grandfather. Um, but I want to talk about David. When he was about 15 years old, a little bit older than you, David was chosen to be the king of a nation. He was anointed as king, to be in charge of God's nation. And the story is actually pretty interesting. So the current king, kind of on the scene, he was a tall guy. The scriptures tell us he was tall. He was a shoulder height above everyone else. He was handsome. Everybody was like, oh man, that's the dude. That's the bee's knees. His name was Saul, and everybody loved Saul. And Saul had a great start, but a terrible finish because he stopped obeying God. And God decided, you know what, it's time to anoint a new king. It's time to choose a new king. And so God had a man named Samuel, who's like this prophet, this guy that helps God uh, choose the king. Samuel is God's mouthpiece to the people. And this is Old Testament now, old school. 1 Samuel chapter 16, starting in verse 5. God tells uh, Samuel, I want you to go to this guy's house. His name is Jesse. He has some sons. I want you to go there because one of his sons is going to be the new king of Israel. So Samuel's like hyped. He's pumped. He's like, oh, okay, let's go. And so he goes to Jesse's house. And First uh, Samuel chapter 16, verse 5, Consecrate yourselves. Come with me to the sacrifice. And he consecrated Jesse, the dad, and his sons. And he invited them to the sacrifice. When they came, behold, he looked on Eliab, that's the first son, and he thought, surely this is God's anointed. This is the Lord's anointed because he looked at him. And God said to Samuel, don't look at his appearance or at the height of his stature because actually, Samuel, I've rejected him. The Lord doesn't see as man sees Man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. And so that first son, Eliab, he comes strolling up. Samuel sees him. He's like, ooh, dang, dude is lit. That's the man. And God says, not him. So Eliab walks on by. The next son comes up. Jesse called his next son, Abinadab, and made him pass before Samuel. Maybe Samuel thought the same thing. Ooh, this dude's looking good too. Number two's not bad. It's a good candidate. And God says, nope. It's not him. And then Jesse made all seven of his sons pass before Samuel. And Samuel said to Jesse, the Lord has not chosen any of these. He's there to choose a king. And Samuel says, it's not a single one of these guys. 
And so Samuel actually says, listen, I mean, are all your sons here? Like, is this it? You don't have like a secret one somewhere in a back room or something? And sure enough, Jesse's actually like, uh, I mean, yeah, we have like one more. He's the youngest, but look, he's out with the sheep. I mean, the way they, that Jesse talks about his eighth son, David, is so sad. He's like the afterthought. He's the runt of the litter. He's the reject. Jesse's like, oh, you mean David? You want to see David? Okay, I didn't even think he qualified. So they send word to get David. And uh, David was out with the sheep, and Samuel said to Jesse, get him, uh, go find him. I'm not sitting down until he comes here. So they went and they found him. And then look at this, skip to verse 13. Samuel took the horn of the oil and anointed him in the midst of his brothers. The Spirit of the Lord rushed on David, and from that day forward, David was chosen to be king. Now, this isn't a, a message about David being king. It's a message about remaining responsible. So what does this have to do with that? I want you to notice something. When all the brothers entered the room, the first one especially, Samuel, the mouthpiece of God, was like, Ooh, this is it. This is the guy. Based on how he looked, God says, I'm looking at the heart. Imagine being in a family and receiving a notice in the mail. Hey, someone in your family is going to be chosen to be the next king of Israel. Congratulations. And so you get hyped. All the brothers are like, oh, it's going to be me. It's going to be me. You know, they're putting on their finest clothes. They're working on their swag walk. So when they walk in front of Samuel, he'll choose them. Everybody's in a competition mode. And your dad turns to you and says, hey, uh, I need you to go watch the sheep while, while he chooses the new king. And you're like, what? Like, I, I don't even get a shot at this. I have to go spend time with like the smelly sheep. And dad's like, yeah, he's probably not going to choose you anyway. Don't worry about it. And and you're out in the field. And you're just thinking about what, what's going on in the house. You feel like you're missing out. You feel like it's unfair. I wonder how many of us would be tempted to leave our post with the sheep and go sneak into the house or just peer above the window just to see what's going on. Or maybe just try to get our name in there a little bit so that God's anointed prophet Samuel could even just see us. But what does David do? He remains responsible. He remains with his sheep. See, David was faithful in the little things when a big thing was happening right around the corner. You don't think he wanted to be there? And yet he was faithful in the little things. And it was actually this quality that got him chosen because God saw his heart. It was actually this quality that helped him defeat Goliath a little bit later on. He rolls up and he's like, hey, I defended my sheep against lions and bears. I'll, I'll, I'll beat this guy. Who's this guy? And it was actually the absence of this quality that led to his downfall later on. In 2 Samuel uh, chapter 11, verse 1, I'm just going to turn there real quick. It'll come up on the screen. But it says, in the spring of the year, the time when kings go out to battle, David sent uh, Joab and his servants and all of Israel, and they ravaged the Ammonites, and they besieged Rabbah. But David remained in Jerusalem. In the time of the year that kings go to fight, David stayed in Jerusalem. He didn't remain faithful in the little things, and it led to his downfall. So this week is all about remaining responsible, being faithful in the little things. And really, it's not so much about like, oh, I just got to make sure I get all, I got to make sure I get all my tasks done. You know, it's, it's actually a bigger picture. It's actually an idea 
that Jesus is doing something in this world, in the midst of us. He's doing something big in this world. And he's invited me to be a part of it? And see, most of us think that that means some like grandiose, gigantic movement or action or something like that. But it actually boils down to the little things and remaining responsible and being faithful in the little things. I want you to hear me. God uses everyday faithfulness to change the world. God uses everyday faithfulness to change the world. And so, middle schooler, as you're sitting at home, it is so easy to think of this season or this time as a break, to like take a break on the rhythms of life and to binge watch more than usual or to just dump your time into TikTok or Warzone or Fortnite or whatever. It's so easy to, to just consider this some, some weird season. We don't really have to be responsible. We can push off homework. We can push off responsibilities. We'll just wait till tomorrow. And I get the temptation on all of those things, but I'm telling you that God uses everyday faithfulness to change the world. And our challenge this week is to actually remain responsible in the little things. So accomplish some goals or maybe create new ones, dream a little bit, but to remain responsible in the little things, which eventually stack up to big things. Where was David when the new king was being chosen? He was in the sheep. He was in the field with the sheep, being faithful in the little things. Our challenge uh, for ourselves and for you, this practice is to remain responsible in the little things because God uses little things to accomplish big things. It's all about how we understand time. Seeing how much we have left helps us make the most of how much we have now. So maybe for you, you just need to measure the day a little bit and understand, man, if I have 24 hours today, how can I make the most of those 24 hours? I would even encourage you to, to write that down, like make a little journal, write down some goals in the day and try to measure out how you can accomplish them. Guys, we love you. Thanks for being here this morning. We hope you have a great Sunday.